Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here for a special edition of the show. We're going to take a closer look at the Bad Batch Season 2 trailer. That's right. On Sunday at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, the official trailer for the Bad Batch Season 2 dropped. And we're going to dive in, like I said, because Bad Batch, it has its fans. We are 
among those fans. And it's a passionate group, Joseph, that we learned as we were walking out of the Mando experience into the people leaving the Bad Batch panel. So many exciting people, so many uh, excited people and so many people just going, I got to I heard one guy say, I got to represent my Bad Batch. A lot of passion for the show. Yeah, he was talking about, I can't, I don't even know what it was he was going to buy, but he was headed to the show floor of things he was going to buy. I think maybe patches. I don't know if I maybe misheard <laughs> yeah, Bad Batch and Awesome Patch, but he's like, yeah, got to rep, got to rep, got to rep the Bad Batch. <laughs> love that. We love the passion for that. We want to also remind you all that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, get a free book and support the show in the process all right joseph let's just uh, not delay any further uh let's get into this uh trailer here this is being called the official bad batch trailer uh mm. which uh it's, it's length is like a tease but uh it, it's it's a full one here so uh this a is full a, tease. a full tease indeed and it is i'm gonna i'm bringing it up here in the background just so i can uh, double check uh, one little detail and yeah, a minute and 13 seconds. That's the, that's the number I was looking at minute and 13 that includes like fade ins and outs. It's a quick trailer to be an official trailer, but uh, we're excited to dive in. But first, before we do that, I, I wanted to ask uh, both of us here, um, where are we at with this show as we head into a second season? Uh, we're big fans, as I said, of the first season. But did this reveal get lost in the celebration shuffle, get it lost in our own shuffle as celebratory <laughs> Star Wars fans? Joseph, where are you at with Bad Batch? Yeah, I mean, for where I'm at with this show is I absolutely love it. I adore it. You and I had such a great time uh, breaking down each episode. I think it has this unique vibe where it's telling this big Star Wars story of this time period all through the eyes of the Bad Batch. Uh, but it also just has this joy of the Bad Batch are really fun to hang out with. And if there was an episode where they just, you know, got locked in a room and had to have a hollow chest competition, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I would enjoy uh, that that too because I love spending time with them. So I really like the show from both the sort of who are the characters, who are our viewpoint, uh, just spending quality time with them, and then the, all the big ideas in the era it's exploring. All that said, I think that there is a reality to the show that is kind of being embraced with its placement in Celebration, mm. that it is, you know, an animated show. It's always hard to make the animated shows as popular with the huge mainstream, right? Yeah. Um, right now, at least, an animated show is not going to be as big as The Mandalorian or, you know, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I think putting the panel on Sunday uh, reflects that. Yeah. Um, and I think even even for myself, that um, there's so much to do and we had to pick and choose, right? And yeah. we, we went to The Mandalorian uh, experience because we wouldn't have been able to see it if we went to the Bad Batch panel. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I love the show, but I also accept that it is an animated show, which is always going to be a, a little bit more of a, I don't know, it, it, it's it's fascinating to me because I think that if you start with season one of The Bad Batch, it's got a great emotional hook with Omega and with these uh, these clones trying to figure out who they want to be and with losing their friend Crosshair. There's a lot to absolutely hook in a brand new viewer. But then, honestly, a lot of the storytelling is stuff that is more rewarding if you're a pretty deep Star Wars fan, right? If yeah. you're like, that's Gregor, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Zygerians. Oh, the, the the horrific slaving species is uh, is back at it. You know, Echo's yeah. backstory. Uh, you know, being emotionally moved by the death of Camino instead of saying like, 
I vaguely remember those weird neck aliens from one of them prequel movies. Mm. It's not going to have the same emotional weight. So I think while the show is really successful at hooking somebody brand new, a lot of its rewards are for people who have been into this, uh, who are willing to go deep. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at, at all. And, and the, yeah, the placement of the panel uh, kind of drives that home. And I, I, I think that's what I started to love about this show. I, and I started from the, the, the point of, uh, all right, I kind of like those guys and kind of like those episodes. I like Echo. Are going to get their own spinoff? I don't know. Is this is this the Tortellis of Cheers or, or what is this going <laughs> to be? Or is this Frasier? And it's somewhere in between. And it's its own thing because it has, it has a little less pressure on it, which is a realistic view of, the animated uh, programs, which is, uh, you know, not a, not a slagging on the shows at all. I think they have their fans, but even, even rebels has this life changing uh, passion for, for star Wars fans. Like they, th- that, that is their star Wars in a lot of ways. We were surrounded by a lot of those people, especially Saturday at the uh, Mando panel, the Ahsoka stuff. Um, and I think bad batch could grow into that and has that. And th- that guy getting those patches is a great example of it. So therefore I, th- I think I even like the show more, for it kind of having its own little corner of the playground and uh, rewarding those that want to check in on it. And, and I think you're right. It's got some great deep cuts uh, that might uh, mean more, but, but you know, they put it together in a way that I think if you're brand new, you can kind of get it without a doubt. Cause they have to, that's just what uh, those professionals would do. So therefore I, I going into the second season, I am, um, I'm not, you know, I'm going to be more excited for Andor. We're in the, in the season of Kenobi, man, that's just, uh, fulfilling on so many levels and bad batch mm-hmm. is this thing where I'm like, cool. Yeah. I'm going to go hang out with my friends in the bad batch and we're just going to have some fun. And I think it's yeah. a, it's a good spot, you know? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it makes it feel to me like a continuation of the clone wars because you know, just mm. the, the way Lucas was financing the clone wars, I'm sure the ratings were a big concern, but at the same time, like, you know, I saw this interview with him. I've mentioned a couple of times. I'll have to dig it up right before the clone wars premiered, um, on a late night talk show where he's, you know, announcing it. And, um, and the host is like, so who's it for? And Luke is like, well, it's kind of for kids, uh, but there's a lot of violence. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it feels like there is an awareness that this is on Disney Plus. It does not need to drive huge numbers by itself. So it can just kind of be its beautiful own weird thing. And mm. th- that's part of the reason I love it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 this is all uh, under the Disney Lucasfilm banner, of course, and it's got some money behind it. But it still it strikes as uh, strikes me as uh, the band uh, going off and recording a, uh, its own weird experimental EP. <laughs> and if you like that, you know, oh, I love when Star Wars released that Bad Batch, uh, you know, supergroup uh, EP over there. So uh, there you go. Uh, loosely tying to music here. Let's dive into the trailer. Uh, again, minute 13 seconds. We're going to break it down and talk about uh, what all this stuff means and what we love and what we like and what we might have questions about. The trailer begins with shots of the Bad Batch and their new armor over dialogue from Sid. She says, you can buy your freedom. Uh, speaking of cheers, here's Sid. You can buy your freedom. You can have a future. Isn't that what you're after? Hunter answers, we're already free, which I believe is true. But Sid has heard saying, clearly, you're not paying attention to what's happening out there. And then we got some uh, images of uh, clone commandos um, rounding up citizens of the galaxy, uh, people ducking around corners. It's not looking good. So what tone and mission statement do we feel this sets for this season, Joseph? Oh, I love this. I love this sort of debate between Sid of like, on one hand, Sid is a, Sid is a realist, right? So she's saying like, Hey, if you, if what you want is to just go find a quiet corner of the galaxy where the empire isn't making things too rough and settle down, you know, you can, you can get a couple big jobs and you can settle down, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and be free, you know? And I think when, when Hunter says we're already free, I think he means that they're free to make choices. 
Uh, but I think what's interesting is they have they still haven't made a choice <laughs> about right. what's going on in the galaxy, which is I think where we come back to this uh, Sid line of clearly you're not paying attention to what's what's happening out there. Mm. Um, so I, I think for me, where I go with it is that the the first season was a lot about them being you know just thrown free of this structure where they are given missions and they do them and that's their existence and they wrestled a lot with identity and i think hunter kind of came to conclusion that well the new mission is just keep the family the squad together and safe uh but then that creates this lingering practical question of if you're just running jobs to survive what does that make you there's so much in the first season where people throw nouns out to try to identify Hunter in particular in the, in the rest of the Bad Batch and Hunter in particular is like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a bounty hunter. I'm not a soldier fire. I'm not a mercenary. And people are like, well, yeah, practically you are. Cause that's what you're doing. And he's just dodging that question. Uh, yeah. And I think in contrast, we've seen that Omega has this great empathy and a natural desire to help people. Um, I think echo uh, who went through horrific trauma and was only uh, spared from it by being actively rescued is keeps pushing to actively help people. And I think that that's the, the thing that makes me so excited about this dialogue is showing us that the second season is going to continue. That is the big picture through arc of, are they just going to continue to survive or are they going to make a choice to sort of pivot to uh, being what would end up becoming an early cell of a nascent rebellion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well said it, it, indeed. And, and this, this makes a lot of sense. The show's going to grow a little small, start a little smaller and grow bigger and bigger. All of Amanda, uh, you know, Kenobi, if they get a second season, it's going to get bigger. That's, that's just a, a great template, but it has great power. And, and even if it's sometimes, um, repeated themes So this idea that, Hey, they fought for themselves. They fought for, to find themselves. Uh, all the things you're saying is right. Of echo kind of going, Hey, what if we look out and, and Hunter's not wrong. We're already free. Good for us. And, but how do you connect to the bigger picture? Whether or not Sid is, you know, who knows where they're pulling this conversation out of. It could just be about, you know, looking around this dingy bar, but it just works so well to frame this season and not just this trailer. Um, this idea that there are others are out there. Um, you know, reminds me a lot of Finn's arc, and and I think it should. I think that's yeah. uh, especially Bad Batch. If you have your Bad Batch fans, uh, and and we're gonna get to the point at one point, I'm excited that there's gonna be Bad Batch generation of oh, that was my first Star Wars. I don't know, I liked the armor. I was seven, and suddenly, uh, you know, I connected with Omega, and 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 there you go. So yeah, Moochie broke that. my heart. Moochie broke my heart. Uh, so absolutely, I think it's an important place for the show to go, especially with the timeline, which I think has been one of the most rewarding things is, all right, we get the Bad Batch, the turn of the Republic and the Empire. Um, that kind of pulled me in, and they just keep scratching that itch for me just to see how this happened. What What is it like on the ground as this is going on? And, you know, overnight, not everyone's on board, clearly, and every, <laughs> some people are, are, are feeling the, the, the pinch of the Empire already. And so that being a driving force, um, it's, that's big stuff. That's big stuff for, uh, it definitely yeah, animated gets uh, put in that kid's corner far too much. We know that's not hundred percent true, uh, especially in star Wars. So this is a, uh, you know, uh, a big meaty topic, I think going to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it is a big meaty topic that is kind of gently spread throughout the episodes mm. and each episode will be full of like fun and action and yeah. comedy and, and all those uh, great things that star Wars should have. But I also just, I'm really curious to see how far they will take this idea because I think we tell a lot of narratives that are about people fighting for freedom. Mm. And I think sometimes the harder narrative to tell is like, cool, you're free. Mm. Now freedom means choice. Now what are you going to choose? And that is the much harder question, 
I think, for all of us in reality. So it's really fun to watch fictional characters go, cool, I've got my freedom. What are you going to do? Um, I don't know, watch TV? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I found myself to sit on the couch. Not the case here. Let's talk armor, Joseph. This is one of the mm-hmm. big takeaways. I think I was even hearing mum- people mumbling about this walking out, and I'm in a good mumble, just like a, a, a new armor, new armor, new armor. Uh, so the Bad Batch is seen uh, on the overlooking, uh, we see the new armor even with Sid, but there's this great shot of them overlooking this uh, beautiful, uh, potentially new planet there. It might be a deep cut uh, Legends planet, or uh, I was even looking to, uh, at a video that said it might be from one of the Marvel comics in 2015. Mm. It does, whatever it is, it's pretty. It's a pretty planet. And we got the Bad Batch <laughs> overlooking. We get a really good look at their their new armor. It's uh, pretty much similar to what they're wearing in terms of shape, sizes, and, and stuff. It's the colors and the feel that's different. Uh, it's uh, I saw described at the panel as more of a kit-bashed armor, like they're making Kenner figures out of scratch in the 70s. And uh, Omega, she's a little older. Time has passed in the series, and she has a helmet. So, Joseph, let's dive into this new look, what it means to us and what it uh, might mean to the characters. Look, I think if you're four older dudes uh, taking care of a younger person and you have fought for your own freedom and you can now have choices to make, one of the first choices you should make is get the young person a helmet, <laughs> particularly when you're running around in armor all the time. It's been one of the uh, you know favorite fan jokes about Bad Batch. Like, get her some armor. Come on. Come on, my four clone dads. Get her some armor. Um, so very happy for the helmet. I love, th- this is one of the first things, um, uh, one of the first people I talked to about the trailer is our, our friend Brian Ward, who we went around with. And that was the first thing he said, is like, they got new armor, it's kit bashed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a, there's an excitement about it because I think it shows uh, evolution. But looking looking more closely at it, I think a couple things I was fascinated by is it looks like Wrecker, it like has a few less pieces. Like he maybe mm. just lost some, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think there's that, that little bit of wear and tear. Uh, there are more touches of individualism. I like Hunter's mm-hmm. scarf. Like Hunter always has a like, I'm yes. a bandana and scarves guy. So I'm just going to have a, <laughs> yeah. a necker chief at all times, you know, an action um, chief, an action chief. Yeah, for sure. This is so yeah. Hunter. Like, I'll show you. You want to know who I am? I wear <laughs> a handkerchief at all times. That's who I am. That's my identity. I'm free. Um, but in some ways, I think the colors are what's most interesting to me. Yeah. Because it's a little different than what we saw with the clones where like, during the the Clone Wars where they kind of, you know, they they painted or got tattoos to really kind of scream individual, to scream mm-hmm. identity. Um, and their colors are um, unified on the Bad Batch. Uh, yeah. They're a mix of yellow, orange, and red. They stayed in that uh, part of the color wheel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nobody wandered over to purple or blue or green. Uh, they stayed in yellow, orange, and red, and they're all kind of painted in different spots. So they kind of show this individualism, but they also show that they're unified. Mm. Um, so it gives the colors give them this unique but unified look. It's not like they went off into the corner and Tech was like, cool, I'm going to paint, <laughs> you know, a weird mosaic, uh, you know, and Wrecker's like, I love purple, so I'm going to dye everything purple. Like, it, they didn't go off into their corners and go nuts, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's unified. And also, I think that having the yellow, orange, and red, but it's just kind of mixed up. They each have different amounts of it in different places. It also has this relationship to the way paint used to be used in in clone armor, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That it was, it uh, indicated command structure and battalion structure. So it's almost like they are like, yellow, orange, and red is our kind of uh, response to that. 
Yeah, uh, the the coming out of a season that is a uh, you know so much about finding themselves, uh, but also being about family and found family and those strong connections just makes a lot of sense. And I would love I, maybe we'll see that. Maybe we'll see a uh, what colors are we picking? You know, and text like, well, this color, this color of the wheel. <laughs> but no, I, I really uh, dig what you're what you're saying. It, it's more than just um, a paint job. Like they're uh, selling uh, action figures, and they know they can just repaint the models. And yes, I know there's probably going to be some cynics out there going, well, we got to buy the new figures. And guess what? You'll probably buy them because uh, you'll probably fall in love with these outfits too. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense from where they're going, um, uh, from where they came to, to where they're going is what I, what I should say. Uh, and, and, uh, and I just, I just like it. I just like how it fits in. I like, it's a little more brighter. Um, mm-hmm. the tones, everything, they look great. I do love the armor in season one, but eh, you know, they're coming out of a, a darker period and, uh, they have a little bit uh, more light uh, burning inside them. So it just kind of tracks. I think it's a good decision. Uh, you're right. It, they still retain their identity and, you know, not to get too realistic, but I think Omega not having armor last year might've been a weird budget cut. You know, uh, all of us were yelling at the screen, put some armor on her. If you want to be a good, uh, good uh, protective parrot there. Uh, now she gets a helmet and Wrecker loses, uh, I don't know, a pauldron, you know, <laughs> like he a, like I think he loses a gut plate. Yeah. A gut maybe. plate. Or, or maybe like me, he just had too much to eat at celebration and can't fit into a gut plate. Um, so it all works. It all tracks and, and on uh, Omega's helmet. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's fun. It's a great addition and it's needed. I, I, one of the ones, I think the two things on screen that have um, bothered me in the fun way over the last couple of years have been, why is no one listening to Carson Teva in Mando and get that girl some armor? Um, <laughs> and it just makes less sense. And so a prayers answered. There we go. Some, some good, uh, some, some prayers have been answered. Some good's happening with Omega's helmet. What do you think here about the time jump too? I'll throw that in there, uh, Joseph, as well. Just uh, that, that we clearly have some time has passed, uh, not just to redesign the armor, but to maybe continue uh, working for Sid or anything like that are, are are you you good with that time jump? Yeah, no, I like it. I think there is something about that great storytelling of uh, we've been at this for a while. We're even more bonded. We're catching up with them. Whatever it is, you know, a year later, mm-hmm. um, I think it, letting Omega grow up it, a little bit gives us this great um, arc. I, who knows how many seasons Bad Batch will run for? I don't know if that's already predetermined. Obviously, you have to plan. Uh, uh, animation in advance quite a bit um so i kind of i like seeing her age because it makes me feel like there's a, a place this is headed mm. and if mm-hmm. omega is really our perspective character like you know the way the clone wars are, are like uh soka grows up <laughs> is yeah. one way to describe the clone wars animated series that i'm i'm cool with that happening here too yeah no i like it and there's so much uh potential and, and the clones of it all the boba fett of it all and bigger questions and everything but uh i just don't get a sense that that's uh Needed yet, you know, we're going to take some time and we, yeah, we don't know how long the show goes. Uh, and, and it true as it, as it moves into, you know, clones 2.0 or something, whatever you want to call, call it. Um, that works for me in a way that I don't think I, it, it would have worked for me when the show started. Cause again, I had a, not a negative view, just a, all right, bad batch it. Cool. And uh, once again, they're, they're, they're continuing to uh, with themes and with the connection to Omega, it, it's, it's working. And, and I do want to follow it out for a few seasons now. So each season she'll add a piece to that armor. <laughs> all right so from there uh and and yes there's a lot of uh little images this is a by the way i'll just say this is a really good trailer really cut together well kevin Kiner's music so good um grace my different fiance was too yeah different well grace my fiance was passing through she loves star wars she loves star wars music uh loves johnny williams loves all loves everyone she's been loving natalie holt uh and uh, kenobi she passed by this and goes, who does the music for this? Because she doesn't watch the Clone Wars or Bad Batch. And I was like, oh, it's a guy named Kevin Kiner. She's like, this, this is 
great stuff. Uh, it, it, it sounds industrial, dare I say, Joseph? I don't know. It just sounds real different. Yeah, no, it's got a little bit of like a, a dance, uh, dance, the beat to it, a dance effect. It reminds me of like when Moby remixed the uh, James Bond theme in the you know late nineties. Yes, um, in a great way. And I also think like um, it's great that that somebody can encounter it and go, "Wow, this is new and fresh." And at the same time, I feel like it's uh, Filoni and Kevin Kiner saying, "We've been experimenting like this since two thousand eight. Yeah. Now here's here's a platform where people are paying more attention and discussing things like this because we are living now in the Star Wars buffet yeah. uh, land where people are comparing different styles of music and wanting some variety." Yeah. And I love to watch this trailer and go, this is amazing. It's also the kind of experimentation they've been doing in the Clone Wars since the beginning. So it's great to see it uh, in this heightened place where a lot more people can hear it and appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, at the risk of just kind of repeating what you said, I love what, you, what you're saying because you go to Filoni in that Disney gallery about the Mando season one. And it was kind of like, hey, man, like, yeah, yeah, we, we've been doing this. And then you and I doing the Clone Wars report, you forget season one, you're right, right out of the gate. Rock music coming in, different styles coming in. They've been having fun, and I love kind of seeing them get their, uh, them being Kevin Kiner and anyone on the music team, um, getting their day in the sun with great trailers like this and, and, and uh, the people talking about it. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, the next big beat we're going to talk about there is we see this, man, I'll tell you, it's a great, it was a great week for the Senate chamber. Uh, from the Andor trailer to this, we see the image of Emperor Palpatine and Masamita. We got to throw uh, him in there, rising in the center of the ch- uh, chamber, the center of the Senate chamber, I should say. And Palpatine says, it's time for the new era, which definitely sounds like Ian McDiarmid. I don't want to totally jump to conclusions there. Whit was really good at it. He can trick me sometimes. But do you did you tr- feel that was McDiarmid? It sounds McDiarmid-y. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think I think Whitworth's, uh, uh Take is is uh, I think I love that in the Clone Wars people do an interpretation of Palpatine. I feel like Whitworth, and I don't mean this as an insult in any way, does an impression of Ian McNerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so it, it's quite accurate. So I don't know yet. I'm very very excited to see. Yeah, some people just kind of run with it as it's uh, Ian, and and uh, and with good reason. It definitely sounds like uh, as of this recording, we have not, uh, as Joseph said, really did a. A credit deep dive. So if it isn't him, apologize. If it is, we also apologize for not 100% recognizing it, Ian. Uh, but it's a great emperor, whatever that is. Um, mm-hmm. Look, we've always said we we love the emperor because we love to root against him. He is the great evil at the center of it all, of this morality tale. So it's going to excite us, which again, I, we we acknowledge here at Force Center. want to be clear. It's weird, though. We're, we're always like, yes, Palpatine's here. Um, <laughs> uh, so there. am I off base? Is it just me, Joseph, that I just want the great evil to show up all the time? No, I mean this is the the thing I love about Palpatine is he is a great moral lesson. He is the uh, the dark sider where in my head canon something happened to him that he gave into fear, he gave into anger, and he, unlike some of the other characters we've met, is never going to look back. No one is going to get through to him. He is the ultimate dark side, uh, and then he's extremely fun to watch because the way he's crafted. Uh, he's just all these faces of evil. He is the, you know, uh, obstruction and whispering lies of a politician. He is the, you know, manipulating the masses to fear the other. And then he's also a cackling space wizard out of <laughs> folklore, right? He is a yeah. nightmare you'd meet in the woods who would try to cook and eat children, you know? Yes. And lightning comes out of his fingers. He just he embodies Star Wars because he is the dark side in, in both this very practical real world. What's he doing in the Senate? How is he manipulating uh, uh, politics and, and the prejudices of people? And he is a, a, an evil cackling wizard. 
Uh, he is. And if you're watching the trailer at all while, while we're, uh, you're listening to this episode, go to the 27th second and freeze it right there. You've got one of the best Palpatine shots ever. It's is it amazing. The, he, like just slowly rising his hood so you can see yeah. his yellow eyes and he's got that like, I will mess you up. <laughs> yes. Literally the 27th second. It, it's, I'm going to screenshot this one and try to hang it on a wall. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a horror movie in itself. Um, so Palpatine is here, which tracks with what Sid's uh, saying, or at least what her dialogue is kind of framing. Um, it's time for the new era, but that's interesting because we're, we're kind of already in, in the new era. So to me, it's got a little bit of, uh, enough. We got clones running around. We got people still thinking, uh, they're part of the Republic foot on the gas. We've got to really step it up here. So what's the reaction to this? and the significance of having Palpatine uh, driving home that his reign is now, like I said, kicking up a notch, Joseph. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's great to see that they are going there. You know, I love seeing Masamita there because Masamita is this fascinating character who tracks through the Clone Wars, uh, you know, all the way, you know, into uh, books with the signing the official, uh, you know, um, surrender forms of the Empire. So great to see him there. Um, and I hope to see his angry Changrian tongue flap out. Ora, <laughs> ora. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I think one of the things I loved the most about the first season of Bad Batches through the Bad Batches eyes, we saw the impact and the perception of the Empire on many planets from, you know, welcoming it to the Empire really cracking down on separatist worlds um, to you know, installing tracking and identification systems on previously free planets. So this immediate things are changing. So if we're a little bit into it, it makes sense to me that we get more clarity of how Palpatine is making this happen. Like what's his checklist of like, mm-hmm. well, first, while everybody's, uh, you know, still cheering about a safe and secure society, we'll make these quick sweeping reforms that look like security and mm-hmm. look like, oh, hey, you were you a separatist world? Well, unfortunately, we do need to put in a little more security. So now that he's done this initial, you know, uh, swipe and and maybe maybe some of those senators who were yeah. cheering uh, while Padme uh, was saying, you know, this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. Maybe those senators who are cheering. Maybe some of them are, are, are far enough in to go, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> and it's too late, right? Yeah. It's too late. So what is phase two of seizing control of everything and you know is this the where like the mining begins you know and it actually already has with you know ryloth um Mm. but Mm. to see how if this is the next step of the new era how is he putting his foot on the gas and i love that we're seeing him in the senate we talked about this a little bit with andor as well we know from the history of star wars that palpatine feels he needs to keep the senate intact but he's obviously not going to stop them from He's not going to allow the Senate to stop him from doing what he wants. So how does he actually manipulate that? You know, what kind of speeches is he actually making in uh, the Senate? What kind of policies is he implementing? I'm thrilled to see that stuff. Yeah, uh, it's almost as it's it's like uh, emperors uh, the or maybe the Imperial Investment Day where he's rolling out the Phase Two plans. Uh, you know, yeah. here we go. Uh, we got Sam Raimi to direct uh, this one. Uh, yeah, but jokes aside, like I I, I I'm always you know I don't want to over. Um, you know, just just ramp up my expectations of 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 uh, of this being the Palpatine show. But what you're talking about, there, his relationship to the Senate at this point, and and, and where it goes from here. Um, and I'm even thinking of stuff that we've already seen in the Andor trailer with Mon Mothma having to find a, a different way to fight uh, Bail Organa. Mm-hmm. 
um, even the stuff we've seen in Kenobi, even even Freck, the uh, the the uh, you know um, uh, duplicitous uh, f- uh, delivery truck driver from Kenobi, just kind of well, the order's good. Like uh, to get to that point, and who's buying it, and what's Palpatine selling at this point? You you, you kind of touched upon it there, and what senators are taking it, and and because Omega's seemingly seeing this or around for it and they're aware of it. Um, you know, what that, what that does for their mission and does it put the, the foot on the gas for what they've got to do and any debates they might be having as a team. And I'd love to see their relationship to Palpatine. There's a big picture at, at, at stake that you and I discussed in here too, but just them going, Oh my, this isn't, we're not playing games here anymore. And we can't just go run off. We can't just go cool. We got our freedom. Um, uh, I'm just intrigued by them seeing it and hearing it. Yeah, and in particular that it, that does appear to be Omega, and she should have her helmet on if she's anywhere near Chief Palpatine. <laughs> uh, but it does appear to be Omega, right? Who is yeah. who is watching uh, that that Senate, uh, uh, you know, platform rise? Mm-hmm. Um, that's really great because I'm sure she has some amount of galactic history. I'm sure uh, Tech has made her read Space Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one thing for, for like a senator to be like, "Well, we were at war, so we gave." the chancellor extra powers and then the Jedi revolted and uh, they uh, did this to him. And then he declared it an empire. So now we're going to be safe. And like all of these like steps of logic to get to this point. And then you see that through the youthful eyes of Omega, she just turns a corner. Like you all gave power to a wizard. (laughs) You'll give power to a screaming evil wizard. And like, you know that, you know, that, we've all encountered that where like we've been through all these steps of logic and it makes perfect sense. But then somebody just walks into the room and like, why are you, you know, pantsless holding a picture of a llama? And you're like, well, I can explain. It's, it was all very logical how I got here. Right. But from the eyes of the person who just walked into the room, like the bleep are you doing? You know, uh, I really hope you're writing a farce at home right now. And that's one of the scenes <laughs> you got planned. Um, no, I love, yeah, I love that. And, and how, yeah, Omega, again, yeah, being on Camino, being a, a, whatever she went through and, and, and Camino destroyed. You're so right. I, I want to ask you this, though, thinking here on the fly here. I, I, I did watch a couple of videos trying to make sure I got all the Easter eggs down. So thank you, random YouTubers and your Easter egg videos. Uh, apologize to Alex. I didn't see his. Uh, I'll make that up to you, Alex. Um, this shot of uh, him in the Senate chamber, he, is, is it just me or is he like surrounded by like an energy shield? Or it's a different view. And it, it, to me, if it is an energy shield, is that kind of like, you all have freedom. I need to be safe from you. Uh, you're on yeah. your own. There's something going on with that. Yeah, there is some like a shield or like a, a screen displaying a combat maybe. Like it, it is ambiguous yeah. to me exactly what's going on. If Because it looks like, yeah, you kind of see the circular shapes of the Senate pods, but it looks like energy is, is mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's definitely I'm okay with not knowing for sure what that is, but it is certainly not just this the straight up Senate as we've seen it before. Yeah. Yeah. Something a little different. So intriguing. We'll find out. So any final thoughts on Palpatine before we take a break? Always, but I'm going to contain myself. <laughs> That's exactly what Palpatine wants. Don't speak out against him. Contain yourself. No, I'm kidding. We're part of the rebellion here at Force Center. All right, we're going to take a quick break uh, on Force Center. Uh, before we do, we always want to remind you, uh, here's an audio book on us if you want to try it out. Uh, we are recommending Still Brotherhood by Mike Chen. Great book. Some of you might be uh, catching up. There's so many Star Wars books to read, but check out Brotherhood by Mike Chen. Uh, download your free audiobook today on us by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Uh, that, uh, again, is audibletrial.com slash force center. All right, sit down, Palpatine. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back here on force center. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at MintMobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Force Center, episode 444 of the main show. And Joseph, that just sounds like some kind of clone battalion or a bad batch. That's a great <laughs> number. Great number. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Battalion 444 is flying yeah. in to help. Uh, so there uh, we go there. We are diving in. We are taking a look at the Bad Batch official trailer released uh, Sunday at Star Wars Celebration and out and about for you to enjoy. I don't, you know, numbers mean what you want numbers to mean at times, but also numbers don't lie. Uh, Ken, that's a weird statement. I, uh, uh, as the time of this recording, Bad Batch is coming up on, uh, I think it's 5 million views nice. on the Star Wars channel. And like the Andor trailer is coming up on 6 million. That's a good number. I'm really happy mm. for Bad Batch on that number. That's a good one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I chose definitely a level of, uh, if not popularity, curiosity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're going to go into a series of action shots. This trailer moves real fast. Um, we might uh, we might skip over a shot here or there. We apologize, but we are treated to action shots of a squadron of lats uh, in battle. We got Bad Batch running on a beach being chased by giant crab-like creatures. And that was part of a uh, exclusive scene they showed at the panel. So we did miss that. But we talked to Alex and Molly Damon and others who were there. And they really liked that scene. And then we got the reveal of clone commanders. Specifically, I believe his name is Scorch, if my memory serves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a lot of cool Star Wars and a lot of cool Star Wars weirdness, Joseph. Any thoughts on this sequence and what jumps out to you? Yeah, commandos and crabs, that's great stuff. Um, I love that we're keeping it weird. You know, this show, we've talked already a lot about we like that it is showing the, you know, galactic, socio-political, financial reality of the sudden, you know, tyranny of the Empire. Uh, but then also every once in a while, if you're in Star Wars and you're chilling on a beach, you're going to get attacked by massive crabs. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, uh, it. there's such command of all aspects of Star Wars, and this is a part of it, the, yeah. uh, the cool and the weird. And then, you know, I know people are a huge fan of uh, Clone Commandos. Um, I really enjoyed playing a uh, Clone Commando in uh, Battlefront Two. Yeah. And gave me a little bit more uh, connection with them. Um, so I'm happy for people who've been long term fans of Scorch and long term, long time fans of the Clone Commandos in general. Uh, but I also just really t- trust this show to let us enjoy their cool armor and their cool combat capabilities and the fact mm. that they're really a force to be reckoned with. But then I also trust this show to deal with, like, well, what is their perspective? You know, yeah. if the yeah. rest of. The, if non-commando clones are kind of being phased out, are they being sort of lied to that they're special and they're going to be kept around forever? You know, are they clinging to relevance? Are they uh, at all afraid that they're going to be phased out? Do they care about what happened on Camino? I'm really interested in going awesome. And also what's their perspective? Yeah, no, that's absolutely. It's a weird time. Uh, you know, project war mantle, all the stuff to remove the clones. And here you are elevated in some way. And how does that affect you? Do you feel, uh, insulated against what's going on around you. And, you know, we're not suggesting that suddenly we get a, a spinoff called the commandos uh, and we have to go from, you know, and deeper into them, but there's some, something to wonder about there. And, and during the sequence, I want to point out, there seems to be one of our first shots of commander Cody. I say seem because uh, you know, you, you, you have crosshair uh, there. It's spinning around. A lot of people saying that's Cody as well. Cody shows up again. We're going to talk about him. Uh, and in legends, uh, we were talking with Alex Damon about this uh, Sunday at celebration. You know, we know legends, Cody kind of, Stays around the Empire, does some training, you know, a little different journey for him. But it seems like mm-hmm. they might be picking up some of those, those kind of pieces. So um, that's exciting to see there. Uh, we're going to get to a little bit more Cody talk. But um, uh, your thought, do you have any Do you have any Cody as still part of the Empire thoughts and how it might relate to these uh, clone commandos? Oh, I'm thrilled that he's still part of the Empire because I think we've had really, really great stories of Rex's 
uh, journey, the the uh, conclusion of the Clone Wars uh, with getting his chip removed, um, with the interactions between uh, Rex and the Bad Batch to remove, uh, you know, Wrecker's mm. chips and all their chips, um, that I want another clone that is one of the most well-known clones mm-hmm. uh, to still to have a different perspective, you know? Yeah. And I think I'll, I'll save some of my other Cody thoughts for when we're talking yeah. about it a little bit later, but I like... I don't know. I, I think it, it would be fine if we caught up with him and he'd also Rex had already freed him and that's fine. But I think he gives us a different perspective. Uh, yeah. Well said. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, serving the Cody dish a little early in the conversation, but I just want to acknowledge that. Yeah, he's there. Um, as far as the clone commanders, I'm someone who doesn't have a, a close relationship to like uh, their appearances in the games from uh, that other era, but it is a great design. Uh, the only resistance I've ever had is because of their helmets and, and the visors kind of light up. It always struck me as a video game type of uh, construct. Um, so I have a, a, a fun relationship with them where I feel like I'm getting to know them for the first time. So I do hope they show up a little bit and we get to experience them so I can I can experience them. Yeah, no, I'm kind of fascinated with them because for me personally, aesthetically, they dance right on the edge of Star Wars-y. Like they mm-hmm. could yeah, slip out yeah. of Star Wars into lots of other kinds of properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is not a criticism of anybody who, who uh, really likes them. But for me, it's a fun challenge of like, okay, well, for me, aesthetically, they're right on the edge of, is that Star Wars-y enough? Uh, so I like seeing them just plunked into Star Wars and allowing me to uh, accept my aesthetic questioning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, don't want to, I, cause I don't know this to- total history of them and there, there's so many fans. I, I don't want to accidentally disrespect any people who love command commandos, but they did kind of pop up for me in an era where all my friends at work were playing the Halo games and all, and, and all these kind of things, which again, are games I haven't played, but are, are great games and, and all that stuff. So no comment on it. But so I think maybe I, in my service, I'm lumped them into that time period. Um, mm-hmm. Now I get to experience them and, like I said, learn learn a little bit more about them and join the rest of you in loving clone commanders. Uh, moving on a bit here over more action shots, we hear Echo, I do believe, saying there are others out there who need our help. Hunters heard answering, we'll take all the allies we can get. Uh, this reveals an unknown masked warrior going back to Commander Cody. And then the headline event for this trailer, <laughs> everyone's pal, Gungi. Oh, yeah. man. Joseph, uh, here, let's uh, start with a bigger question to dive in specifically. The Bad Batch was uh, kind of in the center of some contentious discourse last season for its use of so-called cameos. Um, don't mean to insult anyone who had that opinion of it. We had, we've taken a deeper dive into what that means. Um, so it looks like we've got, we've got more familiar names. We've already talked about Cody and now Gungi, new friends on the way. And what do we think the show is trying to say with this and how are these new additions to the show potentially important and then we'll specifically talk about gunky okay good i'm gonna restrain uh, my my <laughs> gunky enthusiasm for just a second uh as always we want to be respectful of fans who have different takes and different um opinions so i'm just stating my opinion i understand fans who who want to see more all new characters in star wars or want to stay a little bit more laser focused on the stated main characters of star mm-hmm. wars and, and with the you know two episodes of Book of Boba Fett featuring not much Boba Fett, this conversation, maybe we'll get even more robust. Um, I just think it's, if you're looking for a show that has mostly new characters or remains entirely laser focused on the stated main cast, I just don't think that's what this show is. Mm-hmm. And I think if you go into the second season expecting that, wanting it's fine, but if you go into the second season expecting that, I think it's like, yelling at a pizza for not being a taco um 
they're playing, the creators are playing fair. That's what yeah. the first season was. Uh, whatever you call them, uh, cameos, uh, guest appearances, uh, mm -hmm. the, the Bad Batch taking us on a tour of many facets of the galaxy, and therefore we meet lots of characters who represent those facets. However you describe of it, however you think of it, uh, this, uh, in, in one minute, <laughs> in yeah. one minute and seven seconds, because like five seconds of this trailer is the Disney Plus logo at the end, they are screaming at the audience. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you're going to get. There are going to be a bunch of other guests uh, uh, appearances um, and to me I really like it because the show is about the Bad Batch mm -hmm. but the Bad Batch is taking us on a tour of the galactic impact of the sudden transition from the Republic to the Empire and that is why we're meeting all of these characters they all have a perspective on what just happened and how are we going to move forward yeah um, yeah you could leave the mic on the table and we could walk away from the conversation well said um but yeah i agree that there the the use of the word cameos is often debated and, and the titles of the show the book of the boba fett factor and all that kind of stuff which we which we get but i just always case by case basis what do we do with these characters when they show up what do they do to uh you know help the story inform the story inform our main characters and it's the bad batches our viewpoint to the rest of the galaxy and just yeah clearly this is what they're using the show to do uh or or, or what the show is about so I'm excited. Uh, I can understand if it's a roll call of names or like, ah, you, you know, uh, it's more people I know. And, and, and we got a lot of new characters coming in. Omega being new, uh, Sid mm -hmm. being new, so many other characters being new. So I, I do think it's a balance, but I think it's, um, and, and it's okay to have that, um, that recognition pop. Yay. I know that name. I, I think that's fine. Uh, the show doesn't stop mm -hmm. there is, is what we, we kind of believe at least. Yeah. I don't want to speak for you, I but yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy it if it just felt like we met a character for no reason. I, I feel like I'm thrilled to see the character because I love them. But part of the reason that I love characters is because they represent specific ideas or specific cultures or planets or walks of life in Star Wars. So that's a part of what uh, I am cheering for. And again, yeah. to be clear, totally respect uh, people's opinion. I just think if you're you're the kind of fan who's like, I'm, I'm just I, I've seen this kind of storytelling that honestly, much of it flows from from Filoni, this is his perspective on Star Wars, is that it's all connected. He said that a million times just this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. in every recent behind-the-scenes interview in Vanity Fair and, you know, Disney Gallery, he always says, this is the power. It's an interconnected galaxy. So I understand if you're like, ooh, I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, I think they're really, really playing fair that that's what this is. Yeah, they got brand new worlds around them and are old, familiar, maybe Legends worlds, uh, all that kind of good stuff. I think I think it all uh, works together nicely. We talked about Cody. We can bring up some Cody thoughts here if you want. I'm holding back Gungi. I'm holding them back. It's hard. <laughs> but uh, uh, more thoughts on Cody? Yeah, I think he's a really great uh, clone to show us how a clone like Cody is coping with the reality of the empire and also just what it what it feels like to have that chip in like with crosshair we've got we've got just we have the the chip but we also have the within the bad batch he was already the one who was a little bit more removed in distance right he mm -hmm. took people out from afar in precision shots and he was cold and cool and calculating even when he was you know just doing his mission uh, so he's got this life where he's kind of like he, he's got the chip he's got the push pull between his family, but he's also kind of clinging to something that's safe. The Empire still gives him missions, and he just, you know, coolly does this from afar. Cody worked with, you know, the great Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. They had each other's backs. 
he picked up, you know, his, yeah. his commander, his general and his friend's lightsaber and handed it back. And they they bantered back and forth about, you know, like, uh, the goal is to leave, uh, you know, some things for you clones to still, you know, fight. And and even the last thing Obi-Wan says to him of like, come on, we've got a, we've got a battle to win. Um, and then that flip is just switched. And is Cody sitting there like the whole time just seething at Obi-Wan? Does does mm. he feel guilty that Obi-Wan might li- li- mm. live? Mm. Does he feel secretly kind of okay that Obi-Wan might live? Or does every time you think of Obi-Wan, he just has a flash of like, I need to finish what I started. Yeah. I Because of his specific relationship with Obi-Wan, I'm really interested in Cody. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the Kenobi of it all, right? And, and then to think that at this point, Kenobi's probably just getting his job at the old meat cutting factory or something like that. <laughs> decades of, uh, you know, uh, uh, planets away. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think as we see how the Empire affects different characters across the galaxy, and there's some who might throw, rip off their insignia and say, no, 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 from the beginning, and others um, that the, the water is boiling and they're going to feel it differently. I think of, of Panaka, right, and, and where he is and, and what he gets yeah. to and how he almost kind of never realizes uh, how he's let this slip in. And so if, I'd love to see Cody have a little bit of that. Um, if we're going to see some kind of turn, you know, I, I want to explore a little bit of a different kind of, of, of turn of truly a, uh, you know, a good soldier who follows orders. And that order had me firing on a Jedi I absolutely loved. And what did that, how do I analyze that? And what is the chip and what was just me just going with the flow? I'm not saying that this is exactly what they're going to do, but um, I'm more intrigued by this section of him with the mask off, the helmet off, uh, knife out, scar, uh, you know, that's him, that's Cody. And that's his face, that's his eyes. And now we get to see Mm -hmm. what he's looking at. I love that angle. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a great shot with the scar and the knife out, and, you know, mm-hmm. he's clearly got intent, but what is it? What is it? So that goes to the main event. I mean, truly, the main event. There was the Ahsoka footage at the Mando Plus panel where the, the talk of it was Professor Huang, right? Like, yeah. that, whoa, wow, at least, at least amongst us, us uber Star Wars nerds. But this Gungi from the same gathering arc, <laughs> um, I mean, you just heard the buzz come. I mean, I, I, I'm not kidding, folks. We, we, we walked out of the Mando experience just as, oh no, the doors are opening to the Bad Batch battle, and thousands of people pouring out, and you could just hear Gungi, 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 Gungi just was floating around like hearing Vin Scully over the radio at Dodger Stadium back in the day, <laughs> or you just wherever you heard, you heard Vin's voice. Gungi was everywhere, Joseph, and that got us really excited. You're excited about Gungi? Walk me through. Yes, justice for the Gathering Arc. Not that anybody I think that I know of was ever down on the Gathering Arc, but it is one of my very favorite arcs in the Clone Wars. I always love more insights into uh, Jedi tradition and and Jedi life and to learn so much about this is how they go to get their crystals. This is what they go through. And then this great coming-of-age story of all of these different younglings having to face their fears. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely love it. Thrilled for Yang and what he means when went on about that when we talked about the Ahsoka trailer. But Gungi has just been, he's been such a fan favorite because like he's like, we're talking going back to look, the the credits roll on Return of the Jedi and you can turn to your buddy in 1983 and go, hey, do you think a Wookiee's ever been a Jedi? Yeah. <laughs> Hell, after, after you know, uh, A New Hope, after Star, mm. before it was even called A New Hope, I'm sure, you know, people in bell bottoms <laughs> yes yes driving volkswagen beetles were like do you think a wookie's ever been a jedi <laughs> uh gungi has a little bit of that power and then he's just so likable in that arc 
And, uh, you know, I rem- I think um, one of the first appearances I did with you on uh, on old Jedi Alliance show, mm. I believe, that was one of the things I talked to your co-host, Maude Garrett, about is, I hope Gungi's okay. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. have been saying, I hope Gungi's okay. Somebody probably has a tattoo that says, I hope Gungi's okay. <laughs> uh, so I'm just thrilled for the character because he represents a lot. Uh, to me, he is a fun, interesting character who can show us how younglings are surviving and mm. processing, processing the immediate trauma of Order 66. We've seen so many traumatic um, scenes of Order 66, but to see Gungi uh, survive, and who else uh, did he survive with, um, mm. is a really, really great uh, insight. Um, seeing the, uh, learning more maybe about the immediate enslavement of Kashyyyk through him. Um, I know people are going to go to, did Gungi rescue Grogu? We'll, <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll I'm sure, address that. Uh, but then also, I'm just, I'm thrilled to see any Jedi uh, with a lightsaber because as the Bad Batch is touring the galaxy, seeing how this sudden change to the Empire affected lots of people, one of the big groups that it's great to see them check in with and learn from is Jedi. Mm-hmm. And Gungi's a great choice for a Jedi they encounter to to show us what they're going through right this moment. Yeah. Um, gosh, you just put me in this, uh, fan fiction mindset of, uh, what if in the shot behind Gungi is an animated Grogu <laughs> 20 years <laughs> younger. Um, yeah, I love what you're saying about this and the excitement for this character. And I love Gungi as well. I love that whole arc. The gathering arc is spectacular. In fact, I want to point out the next shot right after the Gungi shot about the 46 second is, what some people are saying looks like, uh, what's his name? Pietro, right? Pietro? Pietro, mm. Pietro? Um, Pietro yeah, I think. Um, some saying it's it's not a far leap to think that even the next character is, there, is, is him, but uh, in that shot, in that trailer, but it hasn't been discussed as much because, again, Gungi. Um, one of the things I just love uh, on a like almost surface level is for years we grew up with um, and dealt with this idea of, oh, did you like that Jedi character? They're dead now, right? Just, or, oh, do you, you like that new character? Ahsoka, she's got to be dead now. Um, mm-hmm. That happens a lot. And it's still, I still might run up against that in my own brain sometimes. Um, in Star Wars Rebels, it was, oh, well, Ezra's got to be dead. Uh, Kanan's got to be dead. And one out of two predictions ain't, ain't bad. So there's, I just always had this little relief that, you know what? It was, it was a horrible traumatic time. At least someone got out. At least a bunch of them are out there roaming the galaxy. It makes more sense to me than it ever has been done before. You and I discussed this on the Kenobi Report talking about Quinlan Boss and we did have that era where you kind of grew up thinking Obi-Wan and Luke were it. And that made a lot of sense at the time. And who knows, you know, exactly what George was intending, but he's always kind of had these thoughts of it just makes some sense. So anyways, it's just, it, I, it just makes me happy to know that Gungi is alive. Yeah. And I, and I think it is, you know, uh, Filoni always, uh, you know, and I know a bunch of other people are involved in this. I don't want to give uh, just master credit to Filoni because he's not the active day-to-day showrunner as Jennifer Corbett. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But I think he, he seems to tell the story that he believes in, but then he's also aware of, you know, the fan, fan favorites and Gungi is, you know, such a fan favorite. Uh, Petro, not Pietro. I I Googled it to make sure Petro. Thank you. Yeah. Thank and you. then the others, Katuni, Kenodi, and Zat. There mm. you go. There you go. Katuni, yeah, and that's the one uh, uh, Hondo named a ship after, right? I can answer that trivia question. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe Gungi is the uh, personal bodyguard of Hondo. <laughs> 
I mean, Honda watch is strong, especially around these parts here at Ford Center. Um, so yeah, well said. Any final thoughts on 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 just Gungi and and the excitement of maybe getting a new Gungi figure at some point, the Bad Batch? Gungie. Oh, I mean, the other thing is like I, I think maybe this gives us some hope to uh, getting his lightsaber in different toy forms. That great mm-hmm. uh, lightsaber made of the the wood of mm. uh, the of Kashyyyk with the on the hilt. So great. Yeah, absolutely. From there, uh, we will force ourselves. We're not done with Gunky though. Uh, we we move on here to the fat. This fast-paced trailer goes through another series of high intensity. I mean, talk about faster, more intense, high intensity action <laughs> shots, including but not limited to uh, speeders slash ships uh, racing through a tunnel. Uh, man, that just has Star Wars uh, racing energy to it. Absolutely love that. Uh, Omega tumbling and somersaulting to a perfect firing of her energy bow at these crabs. A flamethrower being used on battle droids. Oh my gosh. Rampart, yeah. he's back. He's firing. Gungi igniting his blade. Another Wookiee. Uh, we're trying to figure out exactly who that Wookiee might be. Another Wookiee in action, which maybe that means we could be going to Kashyyyk and dealing with some of the stuff that's going on there. And more. And I do mean more. Joseph, what jumps out at you uh, from this montage. Well, I wanted to ask you what you thought about that uh, racing scene that looks like in a, not just like we were speeding down a street that looks like an actual like racing track, like a sporting racing track. Did you feel the same way? It really does. No, it absolutely does. Uh, and I think it has uh, some, some, again, shout out to some, I don't even remember who I was watching. Uh, apologies. I want to shout out the right channels, but I was just watching some stuff. It might track to an older um, racing game, Star Wars racing mm-hmm. game from the mid 2000s. Um, something like that, just at least the track, not necessarily the vehicles, but yeah, hundred uh, percent. And, and, you know, I think even in the crab, uh, didn't see the crab scene in, in the panel. So those who did might be uh, correcting us even now as we speak, but even in the crab scene where they're running, they've got like a, a big chest or a case, right? So it's like, I, I still see the Bad Batch. These big themes we're talking about are going to be there, but also I think we're going to have week to week things they got to do. Uh, and, oh. and I like that. That's the serial adventure of it for me. Yeah, no, I think they're still pulling heists to keep the, themselves eating, you know? You got to eat. You got to eat some of the, what's the, what's the wrecker uh, treat that he oh, loves so much? Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, space popcorn, but I'm <laughs> forgetting the actual name of it. Space bunch of munch is uh, what I think I remember calling it in my brain. Um, so anyways, yeah, in terms of this being a race, I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. And does it mean one day we'll get it in video game form again? Maybe. And I'll be excited. So there oh, you go. I- yeah, I would love a Bad Batch video game. Uh, in terms of other things in this montage, uh, Battle Droids still being in action is fun. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just it's great to see uh, the Battle Droids. It's very interesting to think of, like, who, who is running them? Because uh, old Sidious was quite clear uh, that Anakin, or rather Vader, should shut down all of the, the Battle Droids. Um, so who's got them and why is really interesting to me. Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's know, got them and why? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, or, or maybe this is really, uh, you know, uh, going to be an opportunity to really focus on the torture those polar droids went through. Maybe they're just like, maybe all of their leaders are gone and they're just like in a warehouse somewhere going, ah, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is the war over? I didn't get my promotion. Yeah. Uh, Why? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm happy happy to see Rampart see see that he's still in play. I feel like they were kind of setting him up to be, you know, from the Imperials a little bit of their their main antagonist. Yeah. Um, so seeing him continue is great. Um, thrilled by the other Wookie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I was googling a little bit of uh, the Wookie who appears in Rebels, Wolfwaro. Um, 
both have a, a silver band uh, as a place on their arm. Uh, Wolfwaro uh, is uh, basically nude in Rebels, which is funny because I looked up an action figure of him and it's like a two-pack of naked Wookiees. Um, but it makes sense that they have been stripped of stuff. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I think I, I think I'm excited to see the Wookiee because I think it is going to tie into Gungi and the state of Kashyyyk. Yeah. Yeah. And we get, we get every, every once in a while we... we T- you know, kind of check back in with Kashyyyk. I'm thinking of uh, Wendig's Empire Zen run, uh, an aftermath run that I, I really like some stuff there with Han and Chewie. But um, during this time, I think it's important to go back to Kashyyyk. I really do. It's, it's an mm-hmm. important planet, important to, uh, you know, Wookiees are important to us and they're not in a good state right now. So what can we do with it? What can we learn from that? I, I, I'd be excited to go back. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm super excited for the Wookiees and yeah, just, it, it's great to just see so many different characters. Omega uh, tumbling and somersaulting and just, you know, especially if that crab scene is like, mm-hmm. you know, probably from the first episode, I'm going to great it. I'm going to guess. And is it's great to just uh, see like, yep, she's been training, uh, you know, yeah. this is her weapon of choice and she's getting a lot sharper uh, yeah. with all these, these clone dads to teach her. Yeah, I absolutely love that there. From from there, we get a shot. And I, yeah, I, I had to kind of remind myself uh, the, the chance for Re- Rex is strong. And we do have what appears to be Rex in the trailer. And I always say appears to be. I just want to hedge my bets just in case it's uh, Tex, a, cl- a new clone we're meeting. But uh, we, it looks like Captain Rex. And Captain Rex is one saying, let's get to work. Oh, that's a great trailer line, Joe. So let's get to work. But uh, what work do we want the Bad Batch to do this season? Let's tie it all together. <laughs> what do we think they might be doing? And uh, now Rex, uh, you know, here at the dinner table. Yeah, I mean, I think that what the trailer is, is saying is like there might still be some uh, tension uh, back and forth, but that they're going to be doing a little bit more mercy missions, you know? So maybe like one week we'll be like, look, we, we, we need to resupply. We need money. Uh, we're, we're taking this heist. We're not going to do anything that we think is, you know, immoral. Uh, but then we're hearing this, this patch of Wookiees really need help, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and go and do that. And then, you know, I think something will emerge to be, you know, I think maybe the spine of that first season was, can they get through to crosshair? And the answer mm. was, nope. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's still a dangling thread. And I'm really excited to see what will emerge as like kind of the, their main uh, challenge of the season. Uh, individual stuff that I'd be excited for is uh, giving Echo a little more focus. Um, mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of fans felt like that was the uh, maybe the uh, a, a weak spot of the first season. Maybe it's just that they knew they were going to give him more of a focus in the second season, but I think giving a little bit more focus uh, to echo Mm -hmm. and, you know, we can having watched his story, know, Oh yes. Well, having been through massive trauma and being rescued makes a lot of sense that echo would be like, we should rescue people, but I wouldn't mind an episode that makes that a little bit more explicit and shares that story from echo's perspective. Absolutely. We're team echo here and absolutely behind you on that idea and, and having him maybe be, you know, real strong about it. I'm not, I'm not saying I want the rest of the team, especially my beloved record to be wishy-washy on helping others, but I'd love to see a little bit more growth and move the stories forward and, and echo driving that. If that's what ends up happening um, would absolutely be something that I think um, I would enjoy and learn a lot from. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm still excited uh, to see Omega meet Boba Fett. Um, Mm -hmm. because that has been set up if they have this strange sibling relationship. And that has, uh, frankly, only become far more interesting to me uh, since the Book of Boba Fett show, which was really about how Boba Fett really never found any other family outside Mm -hmm. of his father. It makes it really interesting. If what if he what if he meets Omega 
and has the possibility of family, but he's still in that place of anger. And like the only way to give myself identity is to be the baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy, like my dad. And I'm going to turn away from Omega, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that since so much of uh, the Bad Batch has really been like, we've left these dangling threads of the Clone Wars. Some were picked up in Rebels. Um, one of the dangling threads is let's just get that kid in his father's armor. Let's get Boba yeah. Fett into the armor. Um, I'd be very happy for that. Uh, I I'm also want to continue Hondo watch. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and I would like to see Hondo uh, eating. What I looked up was Mantel Mix. Ord Mantel Mix. There you that go. That was Mantel the name. That not, was the not name. Space Bunch of Crunch. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I think yeah. I, I kind of think your name is better, but uh, here, here's here's my final hope for the the yeah. second season, Ken. And uh, this is I want to embrace what the show is, which is I am hoping for at least one arc where the Bad Batch aren't the main characters. <laughs> as long as it's well done and as long as it supports the narrative thread, you know, I loved that the Clone Wars had its main characters but was an anthology and you didn't know one week you're gonna suddenly tune in and just like we're mostly following a jedi named i'm gonna die you know yeah, i'm yeah. gonna die um uh, as long as it still supports the big picture theme and and bad batch are tied into it in some way i would be happy with some episodes like the one we we had that focused on Hera. Um, yeah, 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 no, and I, I get some of the debate around it. I'm, I'm making fun a little bit of the, of the title debate, so I, I understand it. I understand it, uh, especially if you're really invested in the Bad Batch, but I do want to see this show continue to really explore all corners of the galaxy that it wants to explore during this time, because it's an interesting time for me. It's the start of all this um, horribleness going around, so mm-hmm. I agree with you there. Uh, wonderful thoughts there. Yeah, for me, um, Going into season two, and especially you know, talk about it here, I, I, I'm really excited, but I'm really excited to experience the show a little differently where, even for myself, I felt a little bit of pressure on Bad Batch season one because it was it was by itself, right? It was standing there kind of uh, in this time period where, you know, you're waiting for more Mando or Boba Fett. You, you got the Kenobi show in the, on the horizon, all these other things we're talking about, and there's Bad Batch. Um, and so, therefore, I watched every week wanting, wanting a lot from it, and I got a lot from it. Mm-hmm. I was really satisfied. We're really, we really love the show and champion it here. But this season, there's so many other things going on. Even during this time, we got the Tales of the Jedi stuff, uh, which are smaller and shorter. And, and, and it's not going to, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time, actual time with that show. But it, it's, Bad Batch is surrounded by friends now. It's almost like it's worked at, at the show. It found its own identity. Now it is not alone. And there's so many other things to enjoy. And therefore, I think there's going to be even less pressure on me personally as a fan um, uh, to to pull everything out of it. I'm just going to enjoy the adventures week to week. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, depending on what they mean by fall, it could be that we're watching an episode of Cassian and an episode of Bad Batch, you know, yeah. in, a, in the same week. And it really does let Bad Batch be hopefully very popular. I hope it's extremely popular and I hope there's a whole bad batch generation, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's also just like, uh, here's a, here's a a weird uh, little corner of star Wars where we can all just cheer for a a, a Wookiee Jedi who survived a trauma. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Uh, and, and go in deep on some of the, you know, returning characters and and all that stuff and, Mm -hmm. and just spend time with the bad batch. Great. I love that. I love that. All right. Any, any, we've said a lot of final thoughts, but any final thought here, Joseph, as we wrap up this conversation. No, my final thought is just I, I really love what this show is, and I love that the trailer for the second season is real explicit about it continuing mm-hmm. that, that it's a big serialized story about the early era of the Empire, and at the same time, it's a 
comfy show where you just show up and you listen to uh, Tech say something funny and Wrecker hit his head mm, <laughs> mm. and Omega grow up a little bit and you have a great time with your friends. Great time with your friends. Learn and grow and have fun with your friends. Uh, that is a perfect final thought. We are out of here today. Thank you all for listening letting us uh, continue this trailer madness. We take took a longer look at Andor uh, on the last time out. And now we got... Uh, um, uh, Bad Batch here and you know I'm sure more trailers on the way we do love trailers and what they uh, might mean for the show but let's wait to see what the show actually says to us here uh, thanks for listening everybody you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod or on Instagram and YouTube as well Facebook page is Force Center Podcast we're available on a lot of spots including Acast, iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts if you're on Apple Podcasts or any of these things that have a rate and review system we'd appreciate mm. it if you take a second uh, or five and just uh, write us uh, what, uh, write us a review and rate us so we can help grow the show merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center and patreon.com slash force center is where you can support us directly if you choose from there you can get into our discord server where we have a daily wonderful warm conversation about star wars with force center friends you can find me at catnapsock go to my website catnapsock.com for all the things i do including my music show pop rock and radio on Mixcloud. a lot of force center listeners pop over there every now and then and i love to see it there joseph where can they find you yeah, you can find me on all of the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I made my first uh, TikTok video about some of the action figures that I picked up at oh, Celebration. I was uh, celebrating battle-damaged Anakin, which is yeah. an understatement. Uh, from the Revenge of the Sith, I got a lot more fun things to share. So if you're interested in that, check me out on social media. You can also go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, and get links to lots of other things, including my podcast, uh, Obsessed. Uh, recently, I think my wife and I have discussed some things that I think Star Wars fans might be interested in. Doctor Strange, a trip to Disneyland with lots of Star Wars in it. So if you're curious, you can check out Obsessed with a link on my website, josephsgrimshot.com. And it's an older episode, but it checks out. If you're a fan of the kids in the hall, or you're just discovering them because of the reboot. Uh, Joseph's <laughs> got a great interview with Dave Foley about UFOs and a lot more. Check it out. It's one of my favorite podcast episodes out there. So check out Obsessed, you kids in the hall fans. All right, that's it for now. For the Bad Batch, for Omega's Helmet and those Palpatine evil eyes. We'll see you next time. This was Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.